0: G'day humans, Chris Funder here for another cracking edition of Wrestling all Style, the weekly wrestling wrap. We've been a bit under the weather, but we're back at it again. And as always, my effervescent co-host, Frody is Alex. How you go, Frody.
1: I'm doing a lot better than I was last week, my dude, and you're <laughs> sounding great yourself. Like, humans, we really did want to record last week, it's just, yeah, without getting grotesque when I have to run back and forth to the toilet every five minutes and poor old Chris has the vid, the COVID. Um, yeah. It's yes. just, it's just not going to happen.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm through most of it now, but if you do uh, hear any coughing or me muting at odd points, I uh, do apologize, but I'm feeling filling up to the task. I'm ready to take the hot tag and, and come back and uh, have a run at the title. See how we go. <laughs>
1: yeah, and I only have to go to the toilet once a day these days. So <laughs> h- how good's that? <laughs> instead of instead of going through a thirty pack of toilet rolls in about four days, Jesus, you're supposed <laughs> to do that with beers, not toilet rolls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jesus, if I got if I all I kept thinking about was like if I got gastro like. Around this time of the year in 2020, like I'm gonna, ha- I would have had to have like gone outside and grabbed some leaves to wipe my ass with because <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to find any fucking toilet paper.
0: That is a really good point. Uh, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: uh but uh, yeah, lot to get to. Uh, anything <laughs> you need to announce off the top first, though, Alex?
1: Yeah, well, my announcement in true uh, Dixie Carter fashion, is at the end of this show, there will be an announcement. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh boy. Yes, indeed. Uh, stay tuned for that one. But uh, I suppose we need to get to a bit of the wrestling news and then we'll just sort of touch on a lot of the uh, the recent pay-per-views. Uh, sad news coming out of the wrestling world regarding two referees, the passing of Tim White and Dave Hebner, I believe it was.
1: Yeah, Dave Hebner, the original Hebner in the WWF, um, uh, Earl's twin brother, uh, or shall we say the guy that they cloned, the, the million dollar man Ted DiBiase, cloned to make uh, the plastic surgery for Earl Hebner to win him the WWF title.
0: Wait, <laughs> is that legit like part of the storyline from back in the day?
1: Yeah, it was like Hulk Hogan gets screwed over, and it's like, "How much did you pay him for the plastic surgery, Ted DiBiase, brother? How much did you pay for the plastic surgery, brother?" Um, yeah, yeah, it was <laughs> bloody ridiculous. Um, yeah, so that's officially part of canon. Uh Earl Hebner was a completely different human but then got paid to have plastic surgery. Uh Dave Hebner I think he had a slight run in the WA just like his brother Earl did and then yeah, came to the WWF and then by the time the Attitude Era runs around like Dave Hebner was a big part behind the scenes. Um yes. Yeah, Really, really sad. Um, he was, out of the two heavners, he was honestly the better of the two, in my opinion. But because um, he made it less about himself. Um, what are you talking about? I love every time Earl grabs the ropes and kicks
0: Triple H's arm off the top rope.
1: To be fair, Earl and Triple H had the best chemistry.
0: <laughs> like, Actually bringing that up now it is a lot like Jericho and um Albury isn't it
1: Yeah yeah definitely <laughs> Um yeah and then Tim White like he was a fantastic referee uh started the company in the 80s um like one of his first jobs in the company was to be the handler for Andre the Giant
0: Yeah that's something I didn't uh learn until this past week that he was the handler for Andre the Giant. And uh, he actually owned the bar, The Friendly Tap, where they filmed a lot of uh, early yeah. 80s skits and that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like if the APA got into a bar brawl, it was happening at The Friendly Tap. And yeah, the, there's been lots of stories over the years on um, Bruce Pritchard's podcast about The Friendly Tap and Tim White and about how, how like, Vince would say to Bruce, "Oh, tell Tim White any damage we do in his bar, we'll pay him back for it. So <laughs> they do a bit of damage in the bar. And then the next day, Tim White's like, oh yeah, and this and this and this got broken and I'm going to need a new television. <laughs> and they're uh, like, oh, we, we didn't do that. It's like, well, why do I need a new television? It's The television's broken. You're going to have to get me a new television. <laughs> Smart man, yeah, bloody oath. Um, yeah, and then like um, Tim White, like he was basically the senior referee in t- two thousand and two, and then unfortunately his career ended in the Chris Jericho Triple H Hell in a Cell match where he took a nasty bump and and uh, badly injured his shoulder. Ooh, poor guy. Yeah, but then, um, like, it was until recently that he was still, like, a part of the WWE and he was basically still doing the handler stuff. Like, he was uh, Braun Strowman's handler, he done some stuff with Kevin Owens and, like, yeah, just all that sort of stuff. He was still working with the boys backstage, setting them up for meet and greets and all that sort of stuff.
0: Ah. Huh. Very good. Um, yeah, bit bit of sad news to uh, kick things off the top there. I suppose uh, before we will get to a uh, a lot of the Forbidden Door uh, impact Hell in a Cell news because it has been a couple of weeks since we ah uh, we spoke and a lot's gone on. Um, yeah. anything else apart from the ah uh, I guess the corporate news coming out of WWE? Anything
1: you want to touch on? Um. I kind of want to touch on that uh, I have, like, my boys, my guys in wrestling. And I would say I have a very distant top three of, like, fruity guys. And all three of them got injured in the past month. <laughs> Cardona, and Cardona, right. Cody and Punk. Oh, All always... you
0: guys take JXT there for a moment because no. he got injured as well.
1: Oh shit! Well, we'll add four. We'll make it four then. <laughs> shit! I didn't even know that. The Mount oh, Rushmore, you I... hey guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um, so, what about uh... Rushmore? Oh my god. Yeah, that, I'm happy with that Rushmore actually. Um, <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So basically, if I like you, you cursed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would seem that way. Uh, the
0: always ready NWA pay per view turned out. Uh, Kidona got injured and wasn't as ready as he always was. <laughs>
1: well, yeah, yeah. Uh, he he's changed his hashtag on social media to hashtag almost ready. <laughs> <laughs> i'll Which give is the guy great. credit where it's due he is he's he someone who is really
0: good at that social media landscape and getting himself noticed and he has been for years and it's just he was stuck in the wwe and the wwe's like what you got yourself over without us telling you to Right, we'll have kane put you in a wheelchair and shove you off the stage that'll teach so, you and, and john then we'll- cena will steal your girlfriend
1: Yeah, then we'll make you sit there and make you watch John Cena make out with your girlfriend, but still John Cena's the baby face. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Um, So what ended up happening with that NWA pay-per-view?
0: Did you catch anything from it?
1: I watched it, man. (laughs) I watched it. So So, uh, uh, basically the quick recap of it all was, Matt Cardona came out with the quote unquote Cardona family in the main event and he cut a promo and then Billy Corgan basically makes Matt Cardona give up the NWA title and then um we had a four-way to crown the new champ and it was Nick Aldis um who else was in it uh Sam Shaw, the former Dexter Loomis. Yay. Uh, Trevor Murdoch, and I can't remember who the other person was. (laughs) Um, Hang on, let let me, like, quickly Google it. But, um, basically, Trevor Murdoch re-won his title. (laughs) Yeah, it was what it was. So we have... We have Brutus Magnus.
0: We have Dexter Loomis. We have, oh, I can't remember the name of Trevor Murdoch in ECW.
1: WWE
0: ECW.
1: He was was Trevor Murdoch in WWE ECW, but if you recall from his uh, quick stint in 2010 TNA, Jethro Holiday. Oh my God.
0: Oh, and I found the uh, the fourth participant yeah. here.
1: Bram! Bram.
0: <laughs> oh, goodness, Bram. Um, how was the rest of these matches? I see a lot of uh, championship matches on here as well.
1: Yeah, so uh, some highlights for me. Um, some highlights were not Jack Stane and Chris Adonis. Don't watch that. <laughs> um, hom- <laughs> Homicide and Colby Carino had a pretty decent little match. Uh, Trevor Murdoch had a match with Aaron Stevens to open up the show, and it was seemingly Aaron Stevens' retirement match. Um, And at the end of the match, like, everyone's chanting, thank you, Aaron, and blah, 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 and he just grabs the mic in that wine glass way that he holds it, and he just says, you're welcome. And walks out, yeah. which was great. It was such a good touch. Um, yeah, so the NWA World Tag Team Championship match, uh, the Commonwealth Connection versus La Rebellion, was great with Doug Williams and Harry Smith becoming the new tag champs. The the what? Sorry, the Commonwealth Connection. I don't hate it. No, it's good. It's just basically like, oh, it's the reject store version of the British invasion. Are you saying that Brutus
0: Magnus was the the uh Michaels to the British invasion?
1: <laughs> it appears so. It appears so. It shouldn't be, but it <laughs> appears so. Yeah. Um Yeah. Uh, what else? Camille and Kylan King had a really good match. Um, other notable things that happened was Bully Ray showed up and was on commentary for the women's (laughs) match for some reason. (laughs) Okay. Um, Uh, he, he said that he trained both of those women, but yeah. Okay. Like bring him out for the tag title match. You know who
0: would be interesting to see Bully Ray go up against?
1: What? T- Tyrus. Oh, God, no. <laughs> yeah, in a loser jumps off a cliff match. That'd be <laughs> loser great. leaves NWA match. Lo- loser jumps off a cliff and we have a tie. They both fall <laughs> off. Um, uh, and on... um. What was it? It was on power that <laughs> Bully Ray came out, like the power after Always Ready. He came yeah. out, cut a promo, and then gets like interrupted by Mike Knox, and who's like, "Fast head who's like, "Man, we were brothers, you know. You abandoned us. We're we're basically talking oh about God. The, the aces and eights. And he's like, we were brothers, man. You abandoned us to go to go up north to get your Legends deal. And you left us all by ourselves to flounder and blah, blah, blah. And then Bully Ray's like, you know what? That's a fair point. I'm sorry. And then Mike Knox beat the shit out of Bully Ray. So, yeah, setting up a good feud there. Mike Knox, Bully Ray. Aces and eights. It explodes. 12 years in the making.
0: (laughs) Well, it's probably closer to 10, but you get the point.
1: Well, um, did you see the go-home episode of Impact before Slammiversary? I saw bits of it, yeah. Did you see? I don't know what it is, but something in this month makes Aces and Eights like a thing that that everyone's bringing out of the woodwork because they had um, Honor No More there was, like, two of them challenge any past TNA wrestlers, and out comes D'Lo Brown with his two guys that are going to wrestle him, Garrett Bischoff and Wes Briscoe. Holy
0: shit! I'll have to go watch that uh, whilst I edit this. um, Let me just <laughs> jot that down, because I do have Impact Plus. But then, oh. like...
1: But then D Lo Brown like hit the best sky high on Kenny King. Like D Lo Brown still got it, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah K- D Lo I- great. King. You're looking at the real deal now. Whoop! <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, should we quickly Oh, how many beers for NWA always ready for you? Two. <laughs> Fair enough. Two. Uh, should we <laughs> jump quickly? Over Always to best. <laughs> Should we jump quickly over to uh, best of the Super Juniors final from Nippon Budokan in Tokyo, Japan?
1: Well, I'll let you take charge of this because I s- still haven't seen it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm just going to talk about the final match. The undercard is a lot of uh, six man, eight man, uh, two man tag matches. A young lions match to open, but this is just basically the main event new japan still is in that period of good undercard wrestling but it feels like we're not getting anywhere
1: good undercards and just the same old main events
0: they're basically
1: they're basically 1996 wcw (laughs) yeah and hopefully with the
0: borders opening it being a very stacked g1 this uh this summer hopefully that improves new japan But uh, the main event here, best of the Super Junior final, number 29, Hiromu Takahashi versus El Desperado. Really good match. It goes 30 minutes, 37. And who do you think gets the win, Alex?
1: I assume Hiromu, yeah.
0: Yeah, Hiromu wins, I believe it's his third or his fourth uh, best of the Super Juniors in five years. And this is the same final as two or three years ago.
1: Yeah. Uh, he needs to move up. Yes, yeah. he's got nothing to do now. It's just the. I, it feels like the same old thing. It's like each year, Hiromu at Wrestle Kingdom loses the belt. Then he stays away from the belt for a while. Then best of the Super Juniors run comes around and he w- wins that and then gets the belt back.
0: Yeah, like I like. Horomu. but this felt like it was Despy's time. He's had the belt recently. He's shown that he can carry this division without Hiromu there, and yeah. this would have done a hell of a lot more for Despy. Yes, he's in Suzuki-gun. Yes, he's a heel wrestler. But Despy's not moving up to the heavyweight anytime soon, and this would have done a hell of a lot more for Despy than it would Hiromu That being said, really good match. Five beers match. Uh, overall the show. Hmm. Roughly free beers. You can just go watch the main event.
1: Well, while we're talking about New Japan, do you want to talk about Dominion?
0: Uh, yeah, give me one second. I can bring
1: that up. Because, uh, ladies and gentlemen, humans of all ages, I actually watched an entire New Japan show for the first time in a long time. Um, yeah, I yeah, have
0: Dominion here. Yeah. Here we go.
1: I thought this was quite a notable little show. Um, yeah, yeah, it was very it it felt like new Japan again. Yeah. <laughs> it That's it true. just it felt like pre-pandemic New Japan. You got your your perfect mix of your gaijin and your Japanese wrestlers. And, yeah, it was just great to have a taste of the New Japan of old instead of, you know, 30 minutes of evil.
0: (laughs) Yes, indeed. Uh, So, kicking off, United Empire that has Aaron Hanare, Francesco Akira, and TJP, who had Great O'Kan ringside, defeat six or nine Wada Taguchi with Hiroshi Tanzan uh as well in their uh in their trios team. Bullet yep. club, ace Austin, Al and Taji Shimori defeat Losing Goblin Nables Dehapone, uh Bushi, hiromu and Naito. And Dominion's normally a big event for Bullet Club. It's like the anniversary event of Bullet Club forming. So usually Bullet Club's heavily featured or they freshen up Bullet Club in this time. So here we see some of the newer members, um, ace Austin.
1: It's usually the show that the heels go over in.
0: Yeah. uh, Was there... Because you know all this stuff off the top of your head like that. Was there one for um, WCW where... Around the 90s or even the 80s during the NWA where it'd be a pay-per-view or a, um, a big event for Jim Crockett where the heels would mostly go over?
1: Yeah, usually it would be like... Not so much in then WA, but in WCW, it notoriously was like shows like Bash at the Beach and Halloween Havoc, like where the heels would get some good heat leading into S- Starcade. And then Starcade, oh. the baby faces most of the time would win. Uh, in then WA, it was like the Great American Bash was usually a a time where the heels would go over.
0: Ah, yep, yep. Uh, so, was this the uh, the pin uh, Pins Count Anywhere King of Pro Wrestling match, Yano and Gallows? Or was this on a
1: different event? Must have been, because the okay. King of Pro Wrestling match was Shingo and um, Taichi on this card. Oh, that's right, yeah, it's later on. Yeah. Uh, but so, this did have Gallows versus Yano for some reason. Yeah, quick little match and Yano gets the win. Never open wait, six man
0: titles, House of Torture, Evil Show, Udro, with Dick to go in their coin, defeat, Suzuki Gun, El Desperado, Yoshinobu Katamaru, and Zack Sabre Jr. in under ten minutes. Horrible waste for Suzuki Gun in that match. Yep. Uh, IWGP Tag Team Championship, United Empire, greater Khan, Jeff Cobb with Aaron Hanare and Jesse Vagaris.
1: Yeah, some uh, boxer
0: dude. In their corner, defeated Bullet Club, Bad Luck Fale and Chase Owens, the former champions to become champion. Interim AEW World Title Eliminator match, Hiroshi Tanahashi, the ace, defeats Hiroki Goto. No Yay. summer of Goto. <laughs> oh, I was so sad.
1: Oh, Punk versus Goto in a Goto sleep. Oh, could have been perfect. Yeah. Uh, Goto sleep.
0: <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't pull the trigger on uh, on Kenta yet, but uh, I think they want to do that one in uh, Forbidden Door, Japan. Yeah, that much Like how they'd have, going back to the old Ring of Honor partnership, it'd be Global Wars or Border Wars was the uh, Canadian North American branch of the Ring of Honor Japan tour. Yeah. And then in Japan, it was Honor Rising. Yeah. Uh, So from there, we go to the King of Pro Wrestling match, 10-minute unlimited pinfall scramble match. This was one of the better king of pro wrestling like unique uh stipulations i've seen so shingo the champion defeats taichi who had mio abe in his corner
1: yeah and you got a point for each ref count you got so if you pinned someone for a two count you got two points yeah
0: i really really like that that was a really good um
1: my my only problem with this match was the ass backwards booking of it all was Shingo was like dramatically in front as the baby face and then Taichi the heel had to try to come back in the last couple of minutes. That's kind of, that's a little backwards. Yeah. But yeah. That's my only critique about it. I thought it was actually really good though. Uh, never
0: Openweight Championship match of Carl Anderson with Doc Gallows ringside Defeats Tama Tonga with Jado ringside Tama being the former champion Meaning new Never Openweight Champion Following that the two uh, main event bouts of IWGP US Heavyweight Championship match For the vacant title That sees Sanada lose to Will Ospreay Who had Aaron Hanare in his corner and for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship match that sees Kazuchika Okada, the champion, go 3605 and loses to Switchblade Jay White, who has Goto ringside.
1: Yeah, um, that IWGP US title is just cursed, man. Just Funny. cursed.
0: Yeah, and um. We haven't even gotten to uh, Strong yet, but I don't even know if you even still watch that, but they are bringing in Strong Tag Team Championships.
1: Oh, get fucked.
0: Yep, and my problem with Strong is, during the pandemic, you should have been treating Filthy Tom as your de facto US champ. If you're not going to take the belt off Moxley, and then once you did, you're not going to send someone to the US to be on Strong constantly with that title. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is at the level of an NXT UK. It's not at the level of a a SmackDown or even an NXT that that strong company. It is uh, yeah. very far down the pecking order. Yeah. Uh, other thoughts here, Alex. Jay White, Kiwi, yeah. Gold. Yeah. Again.
1: Perfect. I thought it was great. You needed to get the belt off Okada because like, what was the Okada? What was this Okada title reign doing? It nothing. Did nothing. <laughs> it did nothing. It was pointless. But I guess the reason they put it on him was because of the whole fiftieth anniversary thing. They wanted a real traditional guy to have it for a bit. But especially with Okada's like seemingly doing the Anoki gimmick now with his robes and stuff like that. Um. But still, I think Jay White's the perfect guy to be the champ heading into the G1. Uh, I'm not sure if he keeps it until Wrestle Kingdom. I don't know. I think he should. I don't know if he will though.
0: I think he needs to. I think that company needs some stability, especially in those those core important championships. The main yeah. one being your world title. Like the US title's been hot potatoed recently or for the better part, inactive because of the whole Mox contract situation, and yep. your world title was a whole kerfuffle merging that thing in the beginning, and then has been cursed ever since. Yep. Okada's uh, sort of the only one who hasn't been cursed, but his title reign didn't exactly light the world on fire.
1: No. No. Um, it, it would be nice for Jay White to finally have that, like solidified, like, lengthy world title reign. Because yeah. I feel like he hasn't had that career-defining reign yet. Yeah, I agree.
0: Uh, i say four beers for this show.
1: Yeah, I'll give it four as well. It really... Actually, I forgot to even mention... For some reason, I don't know whether I was on something or not that night, but I really fucking enjoyed Tamatonga versus Carl Anderson. I thought they actually had a surprisingly decent match.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with you there too.
1: Yeah, because I just don't expect much from, especially Carl Anderson these days. But then in the post match, like, um, New Japan conference thing they do Carl Anderson basically said Oh yeah, yeah, well it's nice to wrestle In front of more than 200 people So that's <laughs> o- that's Obviously why I, th- That's <laughs> obvi- Yeah, he goes, it's nice to wrestle in front of more than 200 people, so obviously that's why I tried <laughs> So basically just admitting oh, I've been phoning it in The last couple of years um, Oh goodness but yeah, uh, it was great. Um, yeah, I thought this this also had Zack Saber Jr. like calling out Brian Danielson, but Brian Danielson's injured, so it's really confusing. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, I'm not really yeah. sure what's going to happen uh, there. But um, yeah, I thought this was a really good show. From there, do we go to? Uh, NXT in your house. Did you happen to catch this because I didn't?
1: I didn't either. Honestly. Like what why should we even bother caring? Anything that happens on NXT doesn't matter in the long run anymore. They well like, uh the last bloody takeover thing they did or whatever it was, featured LA Knight as a top baby face. <laughs> And he gets called up and is now Max Dupree and is a modeling agent. So, uh, like, so, like, whatever happens in NXT 2.0 doesn't even fucking matter. So, why should we watch it?
0: Yeah. Uh, well, you'll be happy to know that your guy, Tony D'Angelo, hey, I'm wrestling here. Hey! Defeated Del Fantasma, meaning now del Fantasma works for Tony D'Angelo. Okay. Yeah, um. I, I I don't know. Uh, Toxic Attraction retained the women's tag team championships. Kamala Hayes defeated Cameron Grimes for the North American Championship. Mandy Rose defeated Wendy Chu in a match that's rated one and a half stars in eleven oh eight. Oh. Uh, you, the Creed Brothers defeated pretty deadly to win the NXT Tag Team titles. I mean, it seems a little late for that to be happening, but uh, good for them. Yeah. And uh, Bron Breaker defeated Joe Gacy.
1: Yeah, isn't that a, a premium live event, main event, hey? Joe Gacy. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, a bloody waste. What about main event Bob Holly? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but even when he had his world title match, he he was it was like opening the card with Brock. Actually, the one time he did main event was ACW dis, December to Dismember in the yes. Illumination Chamber. <laughs> you remember? And, and uh, NXT Two Point is very much so like two thousand and six ACW. <laughs>
0: Yep. Uh, Something that you probably did watch, I'm not going to give a beer rating for that because I only caught uh, highlights and other reviews. So, WWE, Hell in a cell did you happen to catch this?
1: I did. I, before we, like, dive straight into it, I thought this was a genuinely enjoyable wrestling program.
0: Yeah, I'll agree with you there. Uh, So we have women's triple threat for the Raw, Championship Bianca Belair, the champion, defeats Oscar and Becky Lynch to retain. A two on one handicap match where Bobby Lashley defeats MVP and Omos. A singles match where Kevin Owens defeats Ezekiel. A mixed tag team match where the Judgment Day Damian Priest, Edge, and Rhea Ripley defeat AJ Styles, Finn Balor, and Liv Morgan. Don't worry, we'll get there. (laughs) A holds barred match where Madcap Moss defeats Happy Corbin a U.S. title match where Fury, the champion, defeats Mustafa Ali. And in the main event for the Hell in a Cell match, Seth Rollins is defeated by Cody Rhodes. Um, <laughs> let's start with uh, the Judgment Day, more so the follow-up the next night on Raw. So uh, I yeah. can't remember if it was Edge or Priest, but one of them pins Finn, and that's how the Judgment Day wins. Yeah, it was Edge pinned Finn. Okay, that makes it even worse. So the next nine roll, you know, they go, Damien Priest and Rhea are going, Yeah, Edge, we have learned from you to cut the dead weight. And then Finn Bella comes out and Finn's like, I want to join the Judgment Day. And Edge is like, This is great. You've seen the error of your ways saying like that Edge long cadence promo, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Anyway, and then Damian Priest goes, No, we're cutting the dead weight, which is you. And they just begin to attack Edge. And I'm going, what the fuck is going on here? Did did I watch so, a different pay
1: per view last night? Yeah, so they've considered the guy that won the match for him the dead weight and replaced him with the guy that he beat. Like, it makes no fucking sense. Um if, the, if it, Finn, totally, it totally felt like It totally felt like Edge has been seeing all the criticism online and has just decided, nah, I want out of this shit. (laughs) That's all it felt like. Yeah, and this... This sucked.
0: Like, I get the WWE fans don't rebel anymore because the fans that did rebel have all gone to AEW now. Yeah. And... So the fans react how the WWE wants them to react, except for the fans watching at home on TV who go, why am I watching this shit? And yeah. this made no
1: sense. Yeah. I will say, at the time, I thought the segment was good, but then the more I thought about it, it was like, oh, shit, no, it's actually bad. But, like, yeah. it it was, like, one of those classic vince russo moments like vince russo segments where it's like we've booked a really shocking thing so you're gonna think it's awesome but then the more you think about it it's like oh no just because it was shocking doesn't mean it made sense yeah
0: yeah uh, speaking yeah. about shocking becky lynch's follow-up the next night on raw oh versus... challenging
1: for the 24 7 title
0: Well, even before that, she's facing Dana Brooke. And then all the 24-7 geeks run out. Yeah. And, you know, one of them, I think it's Akira Tazawa gets in the ring. Dana rolls him up. Dana wins a championship. Becky's like, no, this is bullshit. No one wins titles in my matches except me. You're going to put that title on the line right now against me. Mm. And then, what, like, we go for an ad break and five minutes later, Asuka's music hits and Becky's distracted, and Dana Brooke pins Becky Lynch to win the 24-7 title.
1: Huh? I think they should have put the 24-7 belt on Becky. It would have been, like, total, like, 2002 heel Undertaker out of nowhere wins the hardcore title vibes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It
0: would have been something different. Like, Becky doesn't need to keep being put in the women's singles title picture put it put this on her and have her go and just beat the shit out of jobbers for a few weeks
1: yeah and you can have becky lynch versus Asuka for the 24 7 title and just be like anything goes and have these two beat the shit out of each other with kendo sticks it'd be great yeah
0: yeah so that that was a uh, stupid um what are your thoughts on Cody competing with a torn pack? Because I have seen the, um, a few different like medical doctors comment on this after I saw the match. My initial yeah. thought was God, this looks stupid and God, this makes punk look right about WWE's doctors.
1: Yeah. Uh, lots of stories have come out since at first. I was like, Well, before we saw Cody and like all night, all pay-per-view long, it was building up to like, oh, how injured is Cody? I was like, oh, well, obviously he's not that bad if they're going to let him wrestle. And then he takes off that fucking jacket and it's like, oh, shit. And my initial thoughts were, if it's torn off the bone, how much more damage could it do? if he continued to wrestle, but it looks horrible for the company. It's (laughs) just a really bad look for the company to let someone come out like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that part of it aside, uh, the few doctors I could find who were commenting on this and like breaking down, this is what this muscle is and where it is and that they said, basically because he's just done it he's going to have to go for surgery anyway. So he's not going to injure it anymore per se.
1: Yeah. That's but, what I thought. So
0: it's better for him to do this, like within a short timeframe of doing it, than leaving it for a while and then doing it. So for him to tear it like what the week before the pay-per-view was better than him tearing it like three weeks before the pay-per-view.
1: Yeah. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. Uh, still, looks stupid on paper. Looks stupid for your ringside medical doctor who supposedly cleared this to happen. Yeah. Uh, uh, other than that, this was one of the better premium live events outside of the uh the big four this year. I'm going to say four beers.
1: Yeah, I- I'll give it four and a half. I thought the main event was superb. Um... I thought the opening triple threat was fantastic. Even the handicap match with Omos and Lashley wasn't that bad because it was mainly MVP taking bumps. Um, yeah, uh, also special shout-out to Seth Rollins' gear, the Dusty Rhodes polka dots. Such a good touch. So good.
0: Yeah, he's doing the little jiving with his hands across his knees as he's waiting for, for Cody to come out. <laughs>
1: Uh Seth, Seth Rollins should be a world champion right now. He's yeah. so fucking good. Ah oh, man, should we talk
0: Impact 20 years Slam Anniversary.
1: 20 years. 20 years. Um yeah, um I did watch this show. This was quite a thing that happened. <laughs> um
0: anyone who's uh, listened to us for a while knows that we'd love to rip on impact but i think deep down we're both like yeah we still love impact
1: we love tna in particular more than impact we love tna we always bring up old tna shit to make fun of it but the fact that we remember it means that we must have loved it
0: we oh, must boy. have
1: loved it did um, you yeah did you happen you to catch any of the uh
0: the countdown to slam their version of the the buy-in or the kickoff.
1: I, I did. I saw bits of it. Um I saw bits of it. I saw the Brian Myers match in full because he's one of my boys and then I saw clips of the Battle Royal. Oh god, this battle royal. Okay, so first off, uh there was a dark match.
0: Savannah Evans defeated Alicia Edwards, it's reported. Uh, impact digital media title where Rich Swan the champion retains against Brian Myers. And then your reverse battle royale to celebrate 20 years of impact wrestling. So this is how they got a lot of legends on the show. Uh, Alex may be familiar with some of these guys who i am yeah. not. Okay. So we have Aiden Prince. Okay. I'm not sure who that is. Uh, uh, I can't pronounce his Indian name properly. but uh, Behinder. Good jar.
1: Yep, sure. <laughs>
0: Chase Stephens, Chris Holy Bay, shit. Crazy Steve, David Young, Johnny Swinger, Mike Jackson, Nate Webb, Rahit Singh, Shearer, Shugun, Shogun, Slash, yep. Steve Macklin, and Zicky Dice, all who end up losing to Shark Boy.
1: Give me a shell, yeah. Oh um, yeah. Um. Tom
0: Heffernan actually says that as Shark Boy wins. <laughs> yeah. Oh
1: shell, yeah. Um. I I saw the entrance of fucking Slash with um with James Mitchell, like representing the New Church. <laughs> yeah, representing the disciples of the New Church. I I thought that was fucking amazing. <laughs> Like I was like, oh. holy shit! This guy was in the battle royal on the very first TNA show.
0: Who was the guy in this match? Who was like seventy years old?
1: Mike Jackson. He was like a jobber in the Jim Crockett promotions <laughs> eras. That and he's been having like this weird ass runways. Like get he's getting booked on like every GCW show, like. He had a match against um, Matt Cardona on a GCW show. Like, yeah, is having this weird-ass run this past year where he's just getting booked everywhere. Yeah. Uh, the the pay-per-view
0: is free. Uh, sorry, the kickoff. off uh, what do they call it? Countdown is free. Uh, go watch the reverse battle royal. It's just funny to see the commentators trying to explain the rules like three times over. Yeah.
1: Oh, it's the, good fun. They, they knew what they were doing. I love the part where, uh,
0: oh, I can't remember who Swinger's teaming with. It's one of his, like, former teammates. Yeah. So it's like Swinger. I said, I didn't say the whole thing. Swinger, his former teammate, and Sharkboy. And Swinger throws out his former teammate, and he's, like, cheering, and the bell rings to start the final portion, which is a pinfall submission. So Swinger yeah. throws shark boy over the top rope and he's there he's posing and going yeah i've won i've won and the refs are trying to tell him no you don't win like that
1: yeah
0: uh goodness uh so slave aversary itself uh i'm guessing you caught i did tennessee state fairgrounds what significance does this have to tna impact
1: um it's Not the Asylum, but it's, like, just down the road from the Asylum because the Asylum doesn't exist anymore. Ah, fair enough. Now, did you catch this
0: opening video package, like, showing all the past of um, Impact and different uh, wrestlers and that? And it's, like, got the voiceover. And, like, one of the few people they spliced in them speaking is Scott Stider going,
1: you know, they say oh man are created equal. <laughs> that, they know now. They're in on the <laughs> joke now. It's great. Oh, goodness, yeah. Um,
0: oh, gosh. I, I love Stardom Map just for the...
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, I'm trying to remember who played this on Twitch recently. Oh, it was um V1 from OSW Review. Yeah. Because oh, he watches some of the old osw reviews with his wife
1: yeah oh, nice. so he's trying to show <laughs>
0: the the star map and everyone's just like yeah it's so good and she's like i, I don't get it <laughs> oh man uh anyhow uh yeah opening promo package kind of shows the history of tna how high they got to and where they are now
1: yeah they yeah. probably shouldn't highlight that <laughs> uh
0: yeah in this arena of uh as the machine gun would say, around two hundred people. Yeah. Oh man. Now we'll get through a lot of this in the night, but um, they did bring up at um one point one of the founders of TNA, um, Bob Ryder. This show they said was a decade to his memory because uh, yeah. he had passed away during twenty twenty. Yeah.
1: Oh, it was the twenty twenty? Shit. Okay. Yeah. Time, Uh, man.
0: Time. uh, Yeah, it's all all gone. Uh, We kick things off with the Impact X Division Championship match in an Ultimate X match, a staple of TNA. As we see Ace Austin, the champion, defending against Alex Zane, Andrew Everett, Kenny King, Trey Miguel, and Mike Bailey.
1: Yeah, this was fun.
0: Yeah, I I really enjoyed this Ultimate X match. Um, there's a lot of crazy spots here. At one point, uh, it's Mike and like Ace Austin bowing on the uh the cables, and somebody else tries to like cro- climb across. And I can't remember if it was like Ace or um Mike, but they sort of get the person in the head scissors and flip them off. Yeah. No, that's towards the end of the match. Anything here really stand out for you?
1: Oh, I just thought this match was, like, the perfect way to open up. It really felt like an old-school TNA thing, and the right guy went over, I thought. Yeah.
0: ah oh, man. Uh, really, really good match here. Mike Bailey, your new X Division champion. Yeah, and rightfully from, so. From there, we go to the... Impact Knockout's Tag Team Championship match of The Influence, Madison Rain and Tennille Dashwood, yay, versus Rosemary and Ty Valkyrie.
1: Yeah, I mean, I love the um, long-term storytelling here of Rosemary and Tyre, you know, considering Rosemary killed Tyre, (laughs) if you recall. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) but I don't really
0: remember how they explained her return off the top of my head
1: yeah it's really confusing she was legitimately murdered on television by rosemary and now they're champs <laughs> yeah uh, new
0: champs here so <laughs> yeah. it, it was a good good match yeah sorry excuse me here for a moment um we had another staple of tna the monsters ball match where moose is facing sammy callahan
1: i love that they actually put a bit of focus onto the old school factor that they both were locked like away from the world for like 72 hours or whatever it was because that's what the original monsters ball was that like each contestant was locked away in a room starving (laughs) yeah do you remember who the first monsters ball is I think there's, like, obviously Abyss is in it. I feel like Raven's in it for some reason.
0: That's um, what's coming to my mind too, Abyss and Raven.
1: I think there's someone... It's more than two people. Hang on.
0: As, uh, Alex has a quick look here. But yeah. yeah, I thought this was a really good match and it sort of showed a different side to, uh, to Moose that a lot of people might not be familiar with. Just being more familiar with Moose is... This, big athletic sort of powerhouse sort of a wrestler.
1: Yeah, uh, the first Monsters Ball match was Raven, Abyss and, of course, the Pounce Monty Brown. (laughs) Yes,
0: uh, brother Nate would be very happy with that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, oh man. How they never put the belt on the alpha male Monty Brown is just astonishing to me. Uh, There's some this this match history, man, did you even... Does anyone even remember that Abyss and Mick Foley had a Monsters Bowl match? Yeah, but from what I remember, it's not that good. No, of course it's not. It's 2010 Mick Foley. Um,
0: yeah, I, I remember that
1: match happening.
0: I remember it not being very good.
1: Dude, there's legitimately... Four Monsters Bowl matches in a row on house shows where Abyss defeated Sabu, and it's in 2010. Sabu could still go then. Yeah, but, like, he wasn't even... It on a house show? And he wasn't even in TNA full-time at that <coughs> point. Goodness. I think um, that might have been around EV 2.0 time. 2010
0: yeah it'd be the tail end of ev 2.0 because they would have changed hard justice to hardcore justice for that uh like special pay-per-view and then the name hardcore justice just stuck
1: yeah man uh the match history of the monsters ball crazy shit in here man uh so from after the monsters ball match that sammy
0: Callahan wins we go to the impact world tag team championship match that sees The Good Brothers returning from Japan, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson to take on the champions, the Briscoes, Jay and Mark, dem boys.
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh, shocking result here, I thought.
0: Yeah, I don't know where the Briscoes are going to end up. I thought, okay, the tiles are on the Briscoes. They're in uh, impact now that Ring of Honor's closed down and they're not going AEW. So,
1: yeah, and the Good be Brothers saying, are constantly going to Japan now.
0: Yeah, and I thought, okay, well, this is saying to freshen up the division. You know, the Good Brothers have sort of run through everyone there with the titles, and
1: oop, nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope, Good Brothers win, LOL. Um, yeah, uh, I think the most interesting part of this whole thing happened after the match, when you hear we find the defendants guilty! And straight from fucking the first episode of TNA, out comes America's Most Wanted. Needed uh, more, Gal Kim. Yes, yes. And it was James Storm and the Wildcat, Chris Harris, aka Knock Knock, who's there, Braden <laughs> Walker, and I'm going to knock your brains out. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I thought I was, like, ready for the America's Most Wanted to be like, all right, boys, match now. <laughs> I was ready for it. Like, Chris Harris, like, oh, he, he's got a bit of a gut going on, but he's, he had good arms. He looked like he could go a little bit. Um, And James Storm always looks incredible. So, yeah, they... Should have just, I don't know, I, I really wanted to see those two have a match. Yeah, well, never say never, they
0: may return for a one-off. Who knows? Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, I suppose, speaking of the uh, the cameos and the one-off appearances, should we talk about the, uh, the fact here that um, uh, Sting made a video appearance?
1: Yeah, really spent a majority of the video putting over himself as Joker Sting. That's got to be coming to AEW
0: at one point, right?
1: So, my theory is, we're going to get at some point Broken Matt and Joker Sting hanging out in AEW. (laughs) And it needs to happen. (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't say no. Like, it has to happen at some point. I just want to see Broken Matt, Joker Sting, and Dan Housen all just, like, hanging out. Broken Matt, Joker Sting, Dan and Dan Housen.
0: Housen. That's, that's a pretty uh, interesting trios team you got
1: there. Yeah, and maybe you just have Orange Cassidy in the background watching. Uh- <laughs> being the seconds on the outside yeah oh man it'd be great Um, Uh, just one backstage promo that's all I want from those three Um, yeah yeah, so it was awesome to see Sting on this show Uh, is this the first show in wrestling history the first pay-per-view to feature talents talent signed to both AEW and WWE on it (laughs)
0: I'd say yes, in a video capacity, because yeah. we see the phenomenal one, AJ Styles, and I'm thinking, oh, you know what, they're just going to show footage of AJ. That's you know, what I
1: thought, too, yeah. They're
0: going to have, like, um, use all the different Mike Tenay Don West clip voices of AJ, maybe insert an old AJ promo. Holy shit, it's AJ in his home office talking about the importance of TNA impact.
1: What yeah. the fuck? Yeah, that was great. I can't help but feel like he begged to be allowed to do that. Just the way he talked about TNA. And it's true. Like, he he said that him, Christopher Daniels, and Samoa Joe had that three-way match, and it changed everything. It literally did, though. Like, before AJ Styles, like, you wouldn't have guys like Daniel Bryan or or Kenny Omega on top of a major North American company. It never would have happened. But AJ Styles, like, in TNA, changed all of that. Changed it all. So it was awesome to see him on here. And you can't celebrate 20 years of TNA without, like, mentioning AJ Styles. So for him to show up on this, it was awesome. I lost my shit.
0: Yeah, so he mentions here that he, like, the fans voted him male wrestler of impact. Um, Do you remember who the tag team they voted was?
1: No, I don't. I didn't see the awards. Okay, I'll see if
0: I can bring that up in a moment. But, yeah, AJ, that was crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah, Uh, absolutely mind-blowing. Uh, we also got a video from Kurt Angle, which was great. Like, they we had videos from Kurt Angle, Sting, and AJ Styles. That's like, if you're gonna have a TNA Mount Rushmore, they're probably three of the top guys you'd put on it, right? Them
0: and uh, I'd say them and Gal Kim.
1: Gal Kim, maybe I'll slap knots probably should be on it yeah um but like when you talk about top guys in the company they're probably three of the guys that led the charge like carried the company the most the tna is aj styles sting and kurt angle um yeah so that was great um it kind of annoyed me that kurt angle filmed it on his phone like the wrong way
0: like he always does. if you've ever seen any of his uh cameos.
1: Yeah, yeah. He filmed it uh vertical instead of horizontal, but okay. Um yeah, and seeing a vertical phone video on a pay-per-view, like is really jarring and ugly. <laughs> um, they also did a, a nice video package here for, for
0: Don West and Mike Tanay, which
1: yeah, I found great. really
0: nice. Um, and then they brought up uh the the GoFundMe for Don West. Yeah, yeah is
1: poor Don West is still struggling. Do you know the first time TNA was ever mentioned on television was a yeah. was a TV advertisement for TNA, like hyping up their first pay per view, and the advertisement was uh featured featured Don West talking about the show. So yeah. so Don West was officially the first voice of TNA. The first time TNA was ever seen on television, it was Don West. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, I don't remember the tag team off the top of my head. I do remember they had them backstage at one point. They said, that the fans had voted you, TNA's um,
1: team... Motor had City the, Machine Guns? Guns, yes. Yeah, of course it was. Guns. It's I think Gal Kim got the, yeah. the woman's wrestler, and
0: I don't remember if there was another one.
1: Yeah. Well, that all makes sense. It's You either give it to the guns or you give it to beer money. So,
0: yeah. Who do we have access to?
1: You got access to, to the guns. You got access to half of beer money, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah, but... <laughs> I-, I thought the nostalgia in this show was great, but l- yeah, let's carry on. Speaking
0: of uh, the guns, we go on to our ten-man tag team match: Team Impact vs. Team Honor No More. So we have the Motor City Machine Guns, Alex Shelley and Chris Saban teaming with Frankie Kazarian and Nick Aldis, and a mystery uh, tag team partner who are taking on Honor No More, who is captained by Eddie Edwards, along with Vincent Picio. Mike Bennett, Matt Taven, and Maria Kanellis ringside, and who comes out to be on commentary? But Scott Demore, and Scott's like, "Uh, uh, I know, I know who's uh, who's the who's the fifth man. I know which side he's on, huh?"
1: Uh. <laughs> and Scott Demore comes out in his full Team Canada <laughs> gear, and he's like really hamming up his Canadian accent on commentary too. He yeah. kept he kept saying, eh. and all that sort of stuff which was great i thought it was awesome uh this whole match was all about nostalgia and we're getting ready to meet who the mystery partner is and who comes out
0: was this when uh dixie carter came out as well
1: yeah and (laughs) i was like holy shit is dixie gonna wrestle (laughs) um (laughs) <laughs> but, uh, that would have been. Give me Dixie and Maria Kanellis any day of the week. But that, that's um, uh, the next match. I thought
0: this Dixie was coming out to enter herself in. Yeah.
1: Um. And then she introduces the mystery partner, and it's Davy Richards. But holy shit, Dixie Carter on t- on Impact Wrestling! Never thought I'd see the day again. So that was awesome. I honestly yeah. thought that was great. I believe
0: Dixie still owns a percentage of shares, if I'm correct.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know how it is anymore, but, yeah. It's um, really, it was really great to see Dixie again. Um, she, she got looks a pretty exactly, good motivation. She looked exactly the same, by the way. Like, it's been years since we've seen her on television. Years. And she looks exactly the same. So good for her. Um. Yeah, and then Davy Richards is the mystery part, and you got the whole wolves thing. I thought honestly, I thought Davy Richards was a bit of a letdown.
0: Oh yeah, that's fair.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, especially when it's like a team T and A thing. <laughs> 'Cause you got you got Magnus, you got the machine guns. And it's meant to be sort of a team TNA, team impact sort of thing. And your mystery partner is a guy that was in the company for like maybe a year, two. Like not that long of a stint.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. And I, I thought for sure the mystery partner was going to be James Storm. But when he came out after the tag match, I was like, oh, shit, I wonder who the partner's going to be now.
0: So sure. I've just uh, looked it up. It says that uh, Anthem Sports and Entertainment owns eighty-five uh, percent majority stake in the company, leaving Aerolux, yeah. which is the company run by uh, Ron and Doff, uh Harris, Harris Twins. Yep,
1: the um, Nazi brothers. I'm I'm okay with saying that on here. <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, well, as we're speaking about this, uh, Victoria's just passed registration to ban all uh, Nazi and SWAT sticker, uh, what's the word, imagery from
1: public. Good. I, know, okay. I, I personally know a few people that are going to have to be affected by that, so suck shit, dickheads.
0: <laughs> um, and uh, leaving Dixie Carter with 5% owner stake in the company... Uh, this was in 2017. There hasn't been a public update since.
1: Yeah, I don't think we've seen Dixie Carter on television since 2017. Yeah, when Anthem took over. Yeah, I think like 2017 was the last year she was ever on television. So it's been a good five years since we've seen her, and she looked exactly the same. It was fantastic. Um, This match was a bit of a hoot, wasn't it? (laughs) I found this match was. All right, like,
0: as much as I love kingdom and uh, like Kazarian oldest, the guns, this match just sort of felt like it was there, and it went twenty minutes, and it was just kind of like but, yeah, but,
1: but but Tracy Brooks, <laughs> <laughs> we got Tracy Brooks, um, we did, uh, yeah, and we got. Brian Hebner and then Earl Hebner. And then and yeah. we got d Brown hitting the low down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, uh, Brian's a referee for this match. Uh, Earl's son, Dave's nephew. Yeah. And, yeah. um, they show ringside is, um, Earl. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: And they, they mentioned on commentary, you know, uh, the passing of too many Hebner's, uh, Dave. I just got confused, Dave. Yeah. And, um, you know, so later on in the match, you know, um, Brian's been taken out, and you know, Earl jumps the guardrail, and the fans are cheering for this. And you know, he's in his like, um, his nice top, and he takes his top off. he goes got his TNA Hall of Fame referee shirt on underneath. He slides yeah. into the ring, counts the pinfall for team impact, and they win. And there's this nice little spot, the camera doesn't cut away straight away, but you yeah. see Brian and Earl sort of, um, hug and they do the the gesture up to the sky yeah, uh, before they go great. to the next package
1: yeah and they also announced that it was brian hebner's last like taping with impact so yeah they
0: said that during the the main event this is like his whatever number main event at impact and it's also going to be his last because this is his last referee uh match
1: yeah, so, like, kind of a end of an era there. Uh, Brian Hebner was, has been with TNA for so long. So yeah. long, man. Um, yeah, and he had a great run on SmackDown as well. So, yeah, it's a shame. Um, now, did
0: Brian uh, get uh, removed from WWE the same time as his father and
1: uncle? I think so, yeah. I think that's what happened. I think the sins of the father, basically.
0: Yeah, yeah, which is no good. Um, following that, we sort of go into our last two matches here for the Impact Knockouts title. It is a Queen of the Mountain match. Alex, what's worst, a reverse battle royal or a Queen of the Mountain match?
1: I mean, I don't know. <laughs> The nostalgia goggles were on for this. (laughs) I uh, I was happy to see, like, a variation of the King of the Mountain match on a Slammiversary show, because that's just what the tradition used to be. So I thought that was cool. Um, And it was nice that the ladies got to have a go at it.
0: Yeah, they bring up uh, Tasha Steel's winning the first women's Ultimate X match, and that's how she's champion. So yeah. in this match is Tasha Stills, the defending champion, who has Savannah Evans ringside. We also yeah. see Chelsea Green, Deanna Perazzo, Mia Yim, and Jordan Grace. And this match is a uh, sort of chaos early on. There's Mickey James ringside, who's the special enforcer. Yeah. At uh, one point, Chelsea sort of lands backwards on a ladder. i going, oh, shit, don't just say you got your arm caught. But yeah, uh, no the right. arm was to the side.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know th- if she has like
0: um, like wrist guards now that she's incorporated and put like a, a um a gear sleeve over it, she or de- if she's she just wearing the gear does. sleeve.
1: Okay. She definitely does because uh, one side looks like bulkier than the other. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I thought this was a. Pretty decent match. I definitely shat myself when Chelsea took that big bump off the ladder.
0: (laughs) Oh, the one that went to the outside tables? Yeah. I didn't think they'd do that in that small arena, but they did.
1: Yeah, that was nuts. It was Diona as well, wasn't it?
0: Chelsea and Diona who got laid out for that. Then it was only Jordan, Tasha, and Mia Yim. Mia Yim gets put into the penalty box late in the match. Jordan pins Tasha.
1: Yeah. There's a great video online of uh, Matt Cardona watching Chelsea take that bump, by the way. (laughs) Uh, He's just basically like, oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, oh, no. Uh, I love Cardona. He's
0: he's just one of those guys who's just sadly underrated. And I think...
1: He's so trolly on Twitter, too. He I just, think yeah, he just, he just trolls people all the time to get, like, heel heat, and it's so great. It's so great. <laughs> um,
0: I think he would do really well in AEW. It's just sort of he was brought in as Cody's friend for a favour, and then it just sort of never happened for him.
1: The, they brought him in before he found himself. That was the problem. He That's
0: true, too.
1: He they brought him in and that was pretty much the first thing he did after getting released Mm. and he hadn't figured out like his heel persona yet. He was still like generic baby face, basically doing the Zack Ryder stuff just under a different name. So yeah, I think they got him at the wrong time. I think if they had him now, it'd be a whole different story.
0: Yeah, that's true too. Um, We go. Uh, so, yeah, as I said, uh, Mia Yim's in the penalty box. Tasha Stills gets put in the penalty box. So, Jordan Grace climbs the ladder, hangs the belt, and she is your new Impact Women's Champion.
1: Yeah, uh, right call, I thought. It's been a while since she's held it. So, yeah, might as well put it back on her. Yeah. Uh, Thought Mia Yim had a good chance, but yeah, either way, yeah. Mia 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 Yim will one day get her reckoning.
0: <laughs> yes, one day. Oh goodness. Um. So we go to the main event. It is, uh, Impact World Championship time as Eric Young along with, Cody, D- Dina and Joe Doring. Uh, ringside violent by design uh did you happen to catch eric young's interview he did on post wrestling at all
1: no i didn't i didn't
0: yeah i haven't had time to uh to catch that either but um apparently uh from what the guys were saying he goes into like a lot of um detail about his history and impact and so the stuff in wwe too
1: yeah awesome
0: and we like the guys over at post so we don't mind you know bringing them yeah. up every now and then
1: uh, and I love Ey to be honest. Like, don't fire Eric is one of my favourite things in TNA history. Oh. <laughs> so good World Elite. World Elite was all right, <coughs> um, but like Eric Young being terrified every time his pyro went off, like it's scaring the shit out of him. That was like my favourite thing. And the and then they had their video game and they put it in the video game. Oh, it was
0: great. I've actually got... I think I've got both TNA video games on the PS3. Nice.
1: Nice. (laughs) Uh, They both handle poorly. (laughs) Yeah. They look pretty. They're really good-looking video games. Yes. Like, graphically. Like, they're so good. I would say, like, some of the graphics in, in that first TNA video game hold up, like, better than, like current wwe games to be honest but yep. the gameplay itself is just trash trash
0: yeah uh do you remember all the incarnations of eric young oh
1: there's that uh the what about the weird um reject shop daniel bryan oh fuck! he's in his yellow and blue gear with like a pretty much a bald head and a long beard yeah, and but fuck, he, I forgot about that. And out of nowhere wins the TNA world title like a month after Daniel Bryan won his world title. Oh,
0: let's uh, see, this is like 20, late 2012, early 2013, Eric Young. Uh, fuck, how do I remember this?
1: Yeah, and then, um, oh, it's. <laughs> what other versions were there? There's, yeah. There's Married to ODB, Eric. There's t- <laughs> team Canada, Eric. Tag Team Champions. Yeah, Team Canada, Eric, obviously. Super Eric. How can you forget oh, Super wow. Eric when he gets fired <laughs> and puts a mask on? Um, oh, man. Um. There's probably a couple I'm missing. Yeah, World Elite. Oh, Eric Young is a member of the band. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he hold a uh, tag gold under Freebird rules? Yeah, with um, with Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and Xbox. <laughs> My boy. Yeah, X boy. Your boy. It was so weird that in 2010, <laughs> Scott Hall and Kevin Nash won tag titles on pay-per-view. Um Ooh. Yeah. And Kevin Nash and Scott Hall beat Kevin Nash and Eric Young for the TNA tag belts. <laughs> and then he joins them. And then the next week, Eric Young joins them after Kevin Nash turned on Eric. <laughs> Listen, bro. They won't see Kevin, bro. Uh,
0: but yeah, this might have been. Eric Young. I mean, had this been a few years ago where Eric sort of had had his chance and he's yeah. just returning from WWE and that this would have been Eric's time to win, but it's not. No. And
1: Josh Alexander like, coming out with his singlet and it's, his singlet is directly inspired by Kurt Angle's singlet. He used to wear during his main event mafia run. Yeah. Did you and notice his, that? And the they brought up his,
0: his knee pads. Um, one was, Oh, I can't remember what one was, but one's AJ Styles inspired. I believe they said the other was Samoa Joe.
1: Yeah. So he's no, like
0: paying paying homage to a lot of uh, TNA people. Is this the match where they break out like a heap of uh, TNA finishes like from yeah, TNA styles past? clash. Yeah, Those... there's a styles clash and I'm just like, holy shit, we haven't seen that in ages.
1: There was a Styles Clash. There was a, um angle slam. There was a muscle buster, I think, in there. Um, Black hole slam. Black hole slam. Uh, Eric Young <laughs> hit the stroke at one point on Josh Alexander. Like, it was nice to see the stroke again. Um, <laughs> Jeff Jarrett's finish. Yeah. Uh, especially knowing that, like, According to Jeff Jarrett's podcast, like him and Eric Young are still like best buds. So they hang out all the time, apparently. Well, maybe not as much now that Jeff Jarrett's in WWE, which by the way, kind of telling that WWE allowed their employee, AJ Styles to be on this show, but they didn't allow their employee, Jeff Jarrett to be on this show. Yeah, that's sort of, Weird unless Jeff just said no. Well Jeff Jarrett said on his podcast he wasn't asked. But it seems odd to me that they would ask AJ but they wouldn't ask Jeff. And Samoa Joe said on Twitter that he said he his he was too busy to do it but he wasn't asked anyway. <laughs> Joe. Yeah, Joe's like, I was too busy to do it, but I wasn't asked, so, yeah. Taking uh,
0: taking a page out of the Scott Steiner playbook, I see.
1: Yeah, because um, I felt like those two guys, like, you busted out AJ, Kurt, and Sting. It would have been nice to have seen Joe and Jarrett as well. I think that's, like... The two missing pieces, maybe Daniels as well.
0: Yeah, because they've got Kazarian here from AEW. They had Sting talk from AEW. The only other one I was thinking was um, was uh, yeah, um, Joel and Daniels. Daniels. Yeah, um, yeah, really good main event here. Alexander gets the win. Um, sort of nice family moment afterwards. Uh, and we go off the air. Um, really good impact. I enjoyed this. This was worth my money. Five beers.
1: Yeah, I'll give it five and a half. I loved the nostalgia involved. Everything about it was great. Uh, not to mention, like, at different points throughout the night, we had uh, old-school backstage interviewers, like Scott Hudson and Goldilocks come out of the woodworks. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. was crazy. A lot,
0: a lot of nostalgia.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I love it. I love nostalgia. Give me more of it. Once a year, make Slammiversary anniversary the big nostalgic show um next year bring back six sides for one night only (laughs) speaking of um aces and eights yeah um i just looked on my podcast app a new episode of the eric bischoff podcast came up and it's like oh talking about aces and eights with special guest bully ray (laughs) What is up with the Aces and Eights nostalgia this week?
0: I guess, uh, what is it, Uh, Slammiversary is much like a Dominion, Aces and Eights and Bullet Club.
1: I mean, there is a direct tie-in with uh, Aces and Eights and Bullet Club. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Doc Um, Gallows, man, the director of chaos. Carl Anderson. (laughs) I don't think he was in Aces and Eights uh no his, no his first TNA. Yeah. Yeah, his first TNA uh, impact run was when was after they left WWE. Um but yeah, the director of chaos, uh AJ Styles that's was,
0: what Doc is.
1: Yeah. Um AJ Styles was kind of like a big part of the Aces and 8 storyline and Bullet Club. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, because AJ um, Styles was the sting to the to the Aces and Eights, and WO.
0: Yeah, should we talk about um, all elite wrestling, then talk the WWE news and uh wrap things up? We
1: shall. We shall.
0: Okay, so uh, I think the last time we talked was just after the AEW pay per view. Uh, yeah. Since then. <laughs> <laughs>
1: They, uh, happened?
0: what they wrestling was it the la forum
1: yeah that was great it was a good looking
0: arena i i enjoyed that show the only thing for me was having having mjf on that show not in a neck brace and sort of no selling when he got stretched out after the Wardlow match it's like i wanted to rather him come out the week after
1: um man uh, i have no idea what's going on with mjf it, it feels weird that he cut a promo that basically broke the internet and ha- hasn't been even mentioned since
0: i i, I still think it's a uh, storyline
1: yeah so do i but it's just really weird that they haven't even touched on it since oh man um
0: so, since then, we've uh, got new tag team champs, the Young Bucks winning from Jurassic Express in a ladder match at uh, Road Rager. Really good ladder match. And uh, what happens in the post-match, Alex?
1: Oh, Christian, you son of a bitch. At last, you're on you're on, <laughs> Christian. Oh, I won't do that again. Sorry, humans. And
0: didn't that work out a lot better
1: than what Edge had going on? I mean, Edge got betrayed, Christian's the betrayer. Christian greater than Edge confirmed. Yep.
0: Oh, man.
1: Uh, yeah. I, I've always been more of a Christian fan than an Edge fan anyway, so. Christian's I mean, always it's been my name. guy. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I'll uh, Chris yeah. Thunder Cage. <laughs>
0: Oh, actually, I was thinking of having
1: <laughs> Thunder Cage.
0: Yeah, oh, well, not Thunder Cage, but Chris, <laughs> Chris Cage. I'm just like, no, that sounds too familiar. Anyhow, <laughs> uh, Punk injured himself apparently either in the trios match with FTR against uh, the Ass Boys and
1: yeah,
0: uh, is it Max Castor? Yeah, uh, or as rumored, him diving into the crowd again.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure, man. I think the springboard's what did it, but he might have, like, tweaked it on the dive and then ruined it on the springboard. Who knows? And but... now
0: we get Alex's favorite thing in all of professional wrestling, interim titles. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on this one. Strip punk of the title. And let's just you know move on the second thing about this hangman just lost the title let's say roughly a week ago nowhere near this number one contendership thing
1: yeah it was weird um wardlow the number one ra- ranked wrestler on the thing wasn't a part of it they tried to explain it but the explanation was just dumb it's like oh Wardlow didn't want to be a part of it because he wanted to win the TNT title instead. Why? Huh? (laughs) Why do you want to win that? Oh, because I had a taste of it in a match and I got screwed out of it. Okay, but that belt means basically nothing anymore.
0: Speaking (sighs) of belts meaning nothing, hey, you know what we need? Another mid-card title for our singles men.
1: I think this is this is my theory and I talked about this on Smackdown podcast which will be getting released shortly. We recorded that last night, the night the night before. And and my theory is Wardlow's going to win the TNT title and hold it for a long last time. So they've pretty much brought in another title to be a flip-flop title to make up for the fact that one of their titles isn't going to be changing hands for a while.
0: Okay, so here's my problem with this. Uh, Do you have a pen and paper, or do I need to take note of how many?
1: Yeah, do it.
0: Okay. Hang on as I uh, bring it up here. So we have the AEW World, the AEW Interim World, the AEW Women's World, the AEW All-Atlantic Championship, the AEW TNT Championship, the yep. AEW TBS Championship, yep. the AEW World Tag Championship, yep. the FTW Championship. Yep. Uh, hang on as I just uh, bring up the other thing here. Just give me one moment.
1: I mean, both of the Owen Hart belts have been on TV regularly. Okay, so the men Owen, the women's Owens. That's already 10.
0: Okay, give me a second here. Now, so what'd you say? That was 10. Yep. Uh, And then we go... uh, You have the Ring of Honor World, the Ring of Honor Television. So these are the... I'm just counting the ones that have been at least on AEW Television. The Ring of Honor Pure, the Ring of Honor World Tag, (laughs) the <laughs> the Ring of Honor women's I don't think the six man tag has been yet ring uh, of honor six man no. no uh then you have your partner promotion so you've had the uh A men's or mega yep. championship the AAA A tag yep. uh you've had uh let's see you've had um Rev Pro. you've had RWGPUS You've had the never open weight. So that's already 20 titles. How many more titles does this promotion need? Yeah. Like, I get those last five I listed the uh, AAA, the RevPro, and the New Japan ones are sister affiliate promotions. But because you're sort of doing this weird integration with Ring of Honor titles, half using Ring of Honor, some of the time not using Ring of Honor, the rest of the time, but, uh, I don't know. Too many titles. I would have rather him go, here's the Ring of Honor TV title. Let's just use that for a while, because where's Joe? Where's Joe in the build-up to Forbidden Door?
1: Yeah. Well, Um, yeah, what is up with that? That's weird. Um,
0: announced matches for Forbidden Door. Should we have a quick look at this before we get to the the last bit of news that I've left for, for the last bit of the show, because it is kind of not good. Yeah. Uh, so, announced matches are AW Women's Championship, Thunder Rosa, the champ, defending against Tony Storm. Yeah. IWGP, United States Heavyweight Championship match of Will Ospreay, defending against Orange Cassidy. A six-man tag team match. This is where I think Moxley would have gone if um if, um if uh, Punk was healthy. So, it is Kingston, Shota Umino, and Willa Utah which you actually called a number of uh, months ago, there's going to yep. be a six-man tag of Mox, Shooter, and Wheeler yeah, um, against the Jericho Appreciation Society, Jericho and Sammy Guevara, uh, and Minoru Suzuki. So here's another thing that happened. I remember I pointed this out to you. I'm like, why the fuck is Sammy still wearing the Inner Circle jacket at that attack at American Top Team?
1: Yeah, Turns out yeah. it
0: makes sense because uh, Sammy's still in cahoots with uh, Jericho
1: and now ty is too so we have finally fully turned both of those people heel
0: yeah uh a dual championship match for the ring of honor world and the iwgp tag team championship so it's ftr cash wheeler and dax hardwood the ring of honor champions versus the united empire the great okan and jeff cobb the iwgp champions versus Riponki Vice, Rocky Romero, and Trent Barreta.
1: FTR really has it has to be FTR, right?
0: Yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking it's FTR just to get those IWGP belts on them. Like, yeah, those guys have held NXT, uh, WWE Raw, WWE SmackDown, AEW, AAA, Ring of Honor. Like the only major promotion one they haven't held is um, Impact, which is yeah. why I said when you had that first taste of the Forbidden Door last year, you should have gave them the Impact titles for I don't know two three weeks. Yeah, when they weren't on TV for that while. But yeah, this match I think is going FTR unless by hook or by crook it ends in like a a DQ and both champions retain somehow. Ah, uh, the All Atlantic championship match uh correct me if i'm wrong have all three aw participants been confirmed
1: yeah uh no
0: okay so this this is um a typo here because it says um yeah this one looks wrong um do you know the uh, participants then off the top of your head
1: uh pack miro and then it's either penta or malachi
0: Oh yeah, and Ishii won the uh, the Japanese qualifier. That's right. Yeah. Now uh, that's for the uh, first Atlantic champion. Yeah. Uh, another thing with that belt is it has the flags of Japan and China on it, which they aren't the Atlantic Sea. Well, yeah,
1: like... and they also had an Australian in the first round qualifier for it, and yeah. You know. Um yeah, we've got nothing to do with Atlantic, but they could belt, have named it anything else, honestly.
0: That belt design, though, I actually like.
1: It looks very, like, 80s territory belt, like, with the flags on it. Like, it looks very much like a 80s territory belt in the most beautiful of ways.
0: Yeah, so we've got the flags of Mexico, China, Great Britain the United States, Canada, and Japan. Yeah. I mean, it's a nice-looking belt. It's a sort of, um, I suppose it's got touches of uh, the Lucha Underground title, the AEW Women's title, yeah. uh, a bit of uh, the WWE European title with it.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: But uh, I, I yeah, like I- it.
1: It looks great.
0: I like the title, uh, just the name yeah. is a bit bit of a odd choice, but I guess it is that touch to the older uh, mid atlantic territory sort of a uh, title with the um instead of it being mid atlantic, it's taking the all from all elites yeah uh and in the main event, the interim aew world championship match, Hiroshi tanahashi versus John Moxley, do you see tanahashi winning this?
1: Yes. Yes, I do. And I had a bit of an argument about it on Smack It Down this week. But, um, yeah, I I see. Because the rumor is Punk isn't going to be out as long as we all thought. And that he could be back by All Out. So All Out's the next pay-per-view after Forbidden Door. Usually around, what, August, September?
0: Um. Uh,
1: Yeah, September, October, something like that and I think it's like August, September and um, I can see them just keeping, putting the belt on Tanahashi and then having Punk versus Tanahashi because they really wanted to do that match to begin with Um, because I just, I'm not that interested in Punk versus Mox
0: no, neither am I. Um, I'm just having a quick look here. Um, there's no date, uh, at least on the cage match portion listed for a, um, uh, all out. Yeah. But from what I remember, September, maybe. So it might yeah. be after the, um, the G1. So that timing should work out then. Yeah. G1 starts the, uh. Sixteenth of July, G one thirty two, night one, Sapporo.
1: Yeah, but also it would be an odd choice to put a belt on someone like Tanahashi who won't be available throughout all of the G one. It'd be a real odd choice to put the belt on him because of that. So I can see the argument either way. But um because, like, if the whole reason Punk's not just keeping the belt is because he has to go away for a few months, well, then why would you put it on Tanahashi because he can't be there for the entire G1?
0: Yeah, that's why I'm just trying to check now if out. I can't remember off the top of my head if Tanner is named or not. He is. Okay. Uh... Sixteenth of July to the eighteenth of August. So yeah. if all out is late August, early September, that would uh leave the um
1: but that's a lot of television for your champ to miss.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying now. You're saying if he goes over to G one for a month, he's missing. Yeah. Missing um all that time period. Yeah, okay, I see what you mean now.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, like, if you've taken the belt off Punk because he can't be on TV, why would you put it on someone that can't be on TV for a month?
0: Yeah, that's... That's a
1: good point. Um, Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, they could do just, like, several, like, pre-tapes or whatever. But... I don't know. It just... Like, you couldn't have your belt on television in front of a crowd, so, like, what's the point of putting it on him?
0: Yeah. Well, I guess yeah. the same argument is why they leave the the belt on Punk for a month.
1: Yeah. I yeah, mean,
0: so... is that any different Punk's not doing any promos
1: at the moment and that? Yeah. So that's why it makes no sense to put it on Tanahashi, because you've got to have yeah. at least one of your champs available for television. But... <laughs> Yeah. But who knows?
0: Well, that's what I'm thinking. If Punk's ready by G1 and he's staying stateside G1 and Tanahashi's going back to um to New Japan, so you've still got Punk in the US who's AEW champion and you've got Tanahashi over in Japan who's that champion. Tanahashi may not win his block in G1, but he's building up to this match with um Punk in the US for all out. This is all in very speculation, of course.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah. So I suppose last little uh thing we get to here. Have you already brought uh Forbidden Door?
1: Uh, not yet, but I okay. will. Obviously,
0: it's thirty bucks Australian, I think, around thirty bucks. But yeah, like I don't get how that's thirty bucks in the frickin' last match of Ric Flair's a hundred and something
1: yeah ridiculous
0: Conrad you've done again
1: yeah
0: uh so yeah do we need to talk about uh i guess the w w e corporate news
1: oh man Ugh. we we do we do it's it's huge stuff i'm just oh i'm so it's so gross it's so disgusting
0: um yeah uh so yeah, this isn't going to be pleasant. Uh, kind of a lot of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Me too, speaking out sort of topics. So, anyone who wants to tune out, uh, you're more than welcome to. You can catch all the social links in the description below. Thank you for joining. We'll be back again soon. Uh, and uh, stay tuned to the socials for Alex's big announcement coming soon. Uh, so, yeah, this is your, you're welcome to tune out. Otherwise, we'll uh, have a brief discussion about this. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so what's the uh, the sort of bullet point notes on uh, on what's been happening?
1: So uh, last week, uh, a Wall Street Journal article came out and it was alleged that Vince McMahon was being investigated for spending $3 million on hush money um, on a former employee. Uh, other allegations came out that he basically gave that woman as a gift to John Laurinaitis, and now John Laurinaitis is stepped down, uh, replaced by Bruce Pritchard as ta- head of talent relations. Um, Has then, Bruce ever done that before? I don't think so. He's done it for other companies, but not WWE. He's done it for TNA, I know that. He yep. was talent relations for TNA for a year or two um then it came out Vince stepped down the new interim CEO is Stephanie McMahon and she's also the interim chairwoman um yeah all these allegations are coming out um it's real gross uh And then they announced that same day that Vince is going to show up on SmackDown and he shows up on SmackDown. And I've never been more disgusted to be a wrestling fan in my life than hearing Vince, than seeing Vince come out with his arms out like, yeah, come on, make some noise. And the entire crowd singing his theme song. It just, it was gross. And then he comes out and just basically says nothing. And then he came out on Raw yesterday and did the exact same thing. Just came out, pumped up the crowd, said John Cena's coming back next week. See ya.
0: Yeah, this is... It's it's not good. So first things first, the alleged relationship between Vince and this staffer is alleged to have been consensual. Yes. Uh, now the investigation stems from the board uh, seeking whether Vince giving this person a raise of, uh, I believe it's a hundred thousand U.S. dollars, is in connection to the affair.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, of course, the allegations about Laurenitis, which not a lot has come out about since, but he's uh as you said, stepped down. So yeah. Bruce is in. Uh, Lauren Ice's role as talent relations uh, head and Stephanie's in uh, Vince's role as uh, president, chairwoman, uh, like head of the board. This is, I think this is like the biggest thing since the sterile trial. It's at least the biggest thing in our lifetime as wrestling fans because we...
1: Uh, I'd say it's like neck and neck with the Benoit thing.
0: Yeah, okay. I don't really remember a lot of the Benoit thing because I wasn't watching at the time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, I wasn't either, but I was definitely, like, keeping up with the news on it because it was like, what the fuck? Um, yeah, like, I've turned on CNN on on Foxtel and seen people talking about this this past Mm. week. Um... Not that I ever tune in to CNN, but I've seen I've seen it this week because I heard that there's like Dave Meltzer was on CNN this week.
0: Did you uh, see Meltzer's clip at all?
1: No, nah, I didn't. But I saw like a screenshot of it, and yeah, as per usual, uh, shitty internet quality. <laughs> uh, Looks like he was made out of sixteen bits. Um, <laughs> Yeah, classic Meltzer. I, I was shocked that, well, I was pleasantly surprised that you couldn't see his messy office in the screenshot I saw. What are you he talking d- about? That's just how my office looks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know where or- everything
0: is, at least.
1: <laughs> an organised mess. That's, yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah, uh, as a wrestling fan, we've heard rumours for years about Vince. And to be honest, I'm not surprised about any of this. The most surprising part to me is that it actually got out, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, I, I'm surprised, like, nothing was really reported during the whole um, speaking out movement, especially when that was all pro-wrestling focused two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 it's sad to say this, but yeah, I've heard a number of things as well, and and,
1: and it's said that it's this is good. one one of many NDAs he's made a woman sign.
0: Yeah, so for those unfamiliar, NDA means uh, non-disclosure agreement. Ah, uh, the most sort of big recent one I remember being in the news recently was the one. I think it was Cristiano Ronaldo and a woman from Las Vegas. And yeah. Ronaldo was alleged to uh, father this woman's kid. And yeah. even though there's an NDA and there was a lot of things going on there. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, yeah, so <laughs> Vince is out, do you think? Like, I, I honestly thought Vince would never... Leave until he died. Yeah, but
1: I think it's, it's all a PR the move. on the wall. It's all a PR move um, for him to step down as he has. Uh, the th- The simple fact of the matter is, what has he really stepped down from? Because his daughter is now the interim CEO slash chairwoman, and he is still in control of creative. So if you don't think he has a say over what his daughter does as the interim CEO slash chairwoman, you're out of your mind. And he's still in complete creative control of the television show. So yeah, what has he really stepped down from?
0: And this is uh, a point a number of people brought up uh, in comparison to the steroid trial when Vince stood down. Linda was put in those roles and uh, made... In charge but vince was still sort of close to her so vince was still Hmm. sort of making the calls and yeah i'd assume uh the same thing's sort of going on here where vince may be sort of going to stephanie what's going on this is what's going on in the investigation yeah
1: it's all basically a pr move i think it's no coincidence that He chose a female person to be the interim chairwoman, considering the allegations. I think it was all, like, a smart PR move to make a woman in charge now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, it's just weird that in an official, I've messaged you this, in an official capacity, Jeff Jarrett's a higher-ranking executive in WWE now than Vince McMahon. Uh, that's that's the world we live in. Um, when Vince went to a steroid trial, uh, guess who they brought into the company? Jerry Jarrett uh around the same time this happens who have they just brought into the company in executive role Jeff Jarrett <laughs> um yeah uh man this is this is going to be interesting he needs to stop putting himself on television f- first of all yeah like, that's so fucking weird it's so weird and he just comes out like, begs the audience to clap and applaud, and then says nothing and leaves. Welcome to main event. My God, I'm shocked he didn't come out on NXT 2.0 today. Um, Because that crowd would have definitely have cheered the shit out of him. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that paid attendance, and pa- and by paid, I mean they get paid to come watch <laughs> um, yeah yeah uh, it's man. it's a
0: very interesting thing because vince is such a big businessman and wwe is connected to so many things like outside of wrestling with these wwe films and his projects that he had going on he was trying to get like a autobiography written he's trying to get like some docu-series
1: yeah yeah but i think a lot of that's gonna go out the window now uh, it'd be interesting like i assume
0: the rock's not under any sort of wwe films contract but would john cena be at all
1: i don't think so anymore no I okay. d- don't think John Cena's officially under WWE employee anymore. Officially. Okay. Yeah.
0: Wait, when does Cena turn up? It's next, next week on Raw?
1: Yeah, next week on Raw.
0: Okay, that... That will be interesting. Yeah. Because hasn't um Cena before said he's not going to Saudi Arabia and he's stopped going there
1: yeah
0: hmm. okay yeah that will that will be interesting um i suppose the last little note to come out of this was i've seen it reported but not confirmed by anyone that around the time vince stood down sasha and naomi got their release but i haven't yes. seen it confirmed anywhere
1: no, um, and then the report is that just Sasha got released is what I saw, and I saw a report saying that Sasha's actually been released for a couple of weeks now, and then other reports are saying that she hasn't been released at all. I don't know what's going on.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's sort of sort of weird. Uh, nothing's going on there. I suppose, like, the last time we spoke, we were sort of, in this camp of um, Sasha's sort of taken her ball and gone home, she's lost her smile, that sort of mentality. Yeah. Uh, do you still feel the same way? Like, without here, and this is the thing still, Sasha hasn't made a public comment about what's happened or anything. So we're only still going off the information of her physically leaving and the, uh, the WWE side of the story.
1: Yeah, like, the only conclusion we can come up with is that the the rumours out there that Sasha didn't want to work with Ronda. Yeah. And you know what? I can't blame her for that. <laughs> um, Ronnie. Some of the shit that Ronda's put out there on the internet and said about wrestling, said about the world... Um, Without diving too deep into it, yeah, can't fucking blame her. Um but nonetheless the, there had to have been a better way to handle it than Sasha and Naomi did. There had to have been, surely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think- uh, I'm I'm less anti Sasha now about yep. it. Especially with the recent news. It's like, yeah, get the fuck out of that company, man. Get out of there! It's a shit show. But, but also, especially like you got to consider whose desk did they throw the belts on? Johnny Ace. Johnny Ace. So you got to wonder if, if it is, if like John Laurinaitis is a part of the problem they had.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's an interesting point, yeah too.
1: Yeah. So like it's I'm a little bit more in the middle about it with Sasha now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think it I think time will um will tell and it'll be interesting to see Sasha's side of the story or Mercedes once uh once she'll everything go, plays. She'll out. go
1: to AEW for sure. She'll legitimately be the biggest star they have in probably the entire company. Honestly.
0: I mean, she, there is a lot of Kurt fresh matchups it. there.
1: She could Kurt Angle it. Just walk into a company, be the poster <laughs> child, like, and have the company built around her for the next six to ten years. Honestly. Um, I miss Mike tonight. Oh, who doesn't? It's a shame that he just completely fell out of love with wrestling and doesn't want anything to do with it anymore, just like Joey Styles. Just like uh, Tony Schiavone did for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank God. That's the one thing I'll thank Conrad for, is bringing Tony Schiavone back into the wrestling world. Um, that would... Um, that'd be one podcast I'd be interested
0: in. Um, Conrad and... Um, Mike Tanay. Because you think of that guy's history, WCW through to, what, 2010? A little after TNA?
1: Yeah, and not only that, before it was WCW, he was like a dirt sheet rider. Oh, wow. Yeah, and also, like, had an extensive knowledge of, like, Mexican wrestling, Lucha Libre and stuff as well. Done some stuff with Triple A in the 90s as well. Like, yeah, there's a lot of history there. Uh, And also, he was heavily involved backstage in terms of the WCW production. So, yeah, that'd be great. It's just a shame. Like like Conrad said before, he really wanted to do a podcast with Joey Styles, but Joey Styles refuses to do anything about wrestling.
0: Yeah, I like Joey Styles.
1: Yeah, I do too. Oh, my God! Um, an I can't find! Um, <laughs> Not so much that one anymore. No, not anymore, but still funny to hear it. Um, so, so that pretty much wraps that up. <laughs> um, uh, I'm honestly, like, just... Genuinely don't feel like talking about the Vince stuff. It's just gross. It makes me feel dirty. But got to do it for you humans. But yeah. yeah. I think we've said enough. Yeah. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the Ted DiBiase. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm still going to book him on Fugs because I need to finish up some stories. But
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the stuff uh, on Fugs has been written months ago. It's just... <laughs> yeah. We're slowly getting there. I've got just about everything for my PC. I just need to finish paying it off. Yeah. Awesome. So with that being said, uh, you can catch the Smack It Down podcast uh, where you find all your good podcasts. Search uh, Sid underscore podcast on Twitter. Uh, Anything else, Alex?
1: Yeah. um, So... I honestly felt bad that we've missed a fair few weeks here and there this year, so I brought up the idea to you, Chris, that we should do a special one night only fugs. It will be the fug bitten door <laughs> um, for one night only both for one episode only, a special one shot, a bonus episode for you humans for the patience for sticking around um. We will both be taking turns, going back and forth, booking, you know, four four weeks of TV, all that sort of stuff, like a normal episodes of fugs, except we're both gonna be booking basically the same roster. We're just gonna see how we both what directions we both go with it. I hope we don't book the exact same shit because then it'll be a really boring episode, but we're gonna be booking. On the eve of Forbidden Door, WWE versus AEW supercards. Um, Yeah, my God. I've even worked in like uh, this past week's news. I've tried to make it as close to what's going on right now. Um, There's interim champs, all that sort of shit. Uh, the only thing is um, injuries and all that. I'll throw that out the window. If we want to book Sam Punk, we can book Sam Punk. If we want to book Cody, we can book Cody. And you know I fucking will. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, what other rules is there? Um, we, we can book legends. They just can't wrestle. Uh, basically like how WWE brings out legends for legends nights and stuff like that. Uh, I've got some very interesting uses of legends um, on mine. Um, yeah. I'm very excited. Cause yeah, my pay-per-view WWE versus AEW invasion.
0: Yeah. This will be a lot of fun. I don't think we've done like this much with the at least current rosters.
1: No, no. Uh, and let's look at the roster too. There's a little bit of crossover with Fugs. And I I said to you, Chris, I'm making this a part of the Fugs canon. <laughs> <laughs> so like this is me basically booking like some of the people that I have that are available in this such as like Chris Jericho, Edge, fucking Paul White, <laughs> Brock Lesnar, like, the fucking, like, most of the Ruthless Aggression era stable is still around, um, uh, and I'm just booking this, like, yeah, this is 30 years later. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Oh,
0: yeah, it is, like, basically 25 years since the start of the Attitude Era. Holy Yeah, shit. yeah,
1: yeah, 25 years later. So, like, there are, like, little moments here and there where it's like, yeah, we're, where I reference a match that hasn't happened yet on FUGS. It's like, oh, remember this match we had in year three back in WCW? <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm, I'm... So, by doing... Uh, a sequel i'm actually prequelling something that's going to happen next year on bugs
0: ah you're taking the george lucas approach you're giving yes. us episode four before you <laughs> give us episode
1: one <laughs> yes yes so there's like oh yeah well we're only faced one time and it was yeah you know year three wcw at the great american bash <laughs> oh goodness yeah so i've got to, i've had a little bit of fun with this
0: Um, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. I don't think there's that many people that I have. I mean There's a couple I could look at, but
1: like there's some there's some inactive but still on TV people you can have. Yeah. Like from your roster, like Mark Henry, Taz. um, Um full disclosure, Kurt Angle shows up in mine. Straight up. So, if you, if you wanted to, I mean, I mean, technically, Slap Nuts is employed by the WWE. <laughs> uh, and I mean, technically, he was active this year. If you were to book him in a match for some he fucking was? race. Yeah, for JCW. Rumble? JCW. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Technically, he was active this year in wrestling and he's signed by the wwe
0: <laughs> legal it, loopholes people
1: <laughs> yeah yeah there's been loopholes i've been looking at too i was really tempted to beg you to let me bring in bray white for an angle but i've given up on that i don't i don't want to bring him in change i know mind.
0: probably <laughs> who you're thinking of doing that with but if you've changed your mind that's fair enough too
1: <laughs> yeah yeah I, I think you know i've Oh, man, I'm so excited to share my vision with you guys. Um,
0: We'll be recording, what, in a little over 24 hours?
1: Yeah, yeah, and full full disclosure, my shows take place the night after Money in the Bank this year. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Yeah, and and Forbidden Doors in the rearview mirror... And we're building up to AEW Grand Slam and then the Invasion pay-per-view. It's such good shit, man. (laughs) Oh, oh, there's some stupid shit I put in there for the humans to have some fun with. Um, Yeah, so that's my big announcement. Our bonus uh, one-off episode of Fugs and... If this goes down well, I've got some other ideas for some one-offs we can do in the future. <laughs> like, ooh. May- mainly, like, hey, the-, the fucking invasion. Let's have a go at doing it right.
0: <clears throat> yeah, because I have been teasing that a fair bit.
1: <laughs> yeah. Before like,
0: we sort of uh, went on light duties.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, what if we booked the invasion? What if we... Oh, there's so many things. I I want to do that now. Yeah, rebook the the NWO's demise. Rebook fucking TNA in 2010 when Hogan and Bischoff came in.
0: (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) I'd actually like to do it. Because that January 4th episode when they arrive. Yeah. There's so many other people who arrive, and that roster before is so stacked. Yeah. The first one that comes to mind is Velvenus turns up and the Nasty Boys. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, that's not great, Yeah. but, you know, it's character development you can do.
1: And say if we did a rebooking the invasion thing, I would say we have to, like, the people available are the same people that were used in the invasion. So we can't just go... Sting. so, nwo <laughs> yeah so we can't just be like all right we're bringing in goldberg sting and then wo we're, we've got to try to rebook it make it sound more interesting with the same uh with the same handcuffs that the wwf had at the time
0: so don't book Booker T like shit is basically what you're saying from the get yeah
1: or you know <laughs> maybe if you're bringing in ddp who was like the most beloved baby face, underdog, average, like working man sort of guy in WCW. Don't bring him in as a creepy, perverted stalker. (laughs) Sarah? Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, like if you're bringing in WCW's guy that they call the people's champ, why aren't you booking him with The Rock for fuck's sake?
0: (laughs) Yeah, and if you want The Rock to keep the people's champ name, why don't you have a people's champ match
1: yeah put the people's championship on a pole (laughs) journey bagwell on a pole (laughs) oh my i I gotta write that down technically you would have access to buff bagwell because he was initially involved in the invasion before he got fired for having a stinker
0: what did you get fired for was it that wcw match on raw
1: Yeah, there was also, like, some backstage problems. Oh, okay. But it was also that match sucked. (laughs) That
0: match was all right. It's just, yeah.
1: Just, you booked it in front of the wrong crowd. Should have waited a week when they were in Georgia. Yeah, wasn't that, like... Where the hell was that? It was, like, some obscure... Tacoma. Tacoma, Washington.
0: Washington.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's... Northwest. It's nowhere near WCW territory. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 The the whole invasion we could do as like a one off series as a three parter. Book the yeah. start of your invasion, the invasion pay per view, and the follow up from the pay per view.
1: That'd be yeah, a good, or, or good your little blow-off. series. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, that that'd be fun. Um I've got a million ideas, like like yeah, like how, how would you rebook the beginning of AEW? Fuck.
0: With the same roster?
1: Yeah. Oh. Cuz I is think there, there are mistakes they made. There definitely are mistakes they made. Uh one of the biggest ones is coming into the start of their promotion, their biggest babyface was probably Cody Rhodes <coughs> and which just ridiculous to say in hindsight, but it was. Because he was yeah. the guy that got all the credit for All In, even if it wasn't just him. Um, and one of the first things they do is keep him out of the world title picture, which is probably one of the biggest mistakes they made.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's true.
1: Yeah. Uh, I- <laughs> the Dark Order? Fuck. Year one Dark Order? Ugh. Yuck year four dark order oh yeah um Um, yeah (laughs) i've got a million ideas but we'll get there one day we've got to focus on this thing wwe versus AEW coming to your earbuds very soon humans it's gonna be it's gonna be emotional let's do this
0: okay um where can the good humans find you
1: at Fruity's Alex, Instagram, Twitter. You can find us at Style with an AUS. Also check out at Sid underscore pod. Give that another plug. You can find Chris <laughs> at... at... I'm Chris Hunter on Twitter. Come tell me why
0: Impact deserves to have owls on their belt instead of eagles. <laughs> I, I don't get it. Fucking <laughs> Anne for Mal, you piece of shit. Anyhow, fuck this owl. <laughs> Oh. remember oh. when that was the biggest thing associated with Impact five years ago? Yeah,
1: because of the Broken Hardys. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> we didn't even they... touch on Jeff, but Jeff, get better, please. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's yeah, sad.
1: yeah, it's sad, but you know he
0: was supposed to be in that um tag team match, the Hardys against Jurassic yeah. Express.
1: Yeah. I'd say there was a good chance that they probably would have won it.
0: Given that the Young Bucks won, I think that's where they were going to go. Yeah. They still went with the um, Jurassic Express breakup, and they were like, well, fuck, who do we put the belts on? Bucks.
1: Why not, though? Because the Bucks should drop it to FTR.
0: Yeah, just drape them in all the gold. Triple A, Ring of Honor.
1: Um, uh we also I didn't touch on pay. we also didn't touch on it but dax harwood versus will osprey from dynamite was fucking incredible
0: fuck yes get that in my veins
1: yeah that was great dax harwood's like slowly like subtly having like one of the best years in wrestling out of anyone yeah <laughs> like he's um, so good um this show's over though
0: <laughs> yeah so uh if anyone's a patreon of the up next guys go listen to the up yours where i talked uh nxt melbourne because in that match the revival have been together at that point maybe a year and a half and you can see him pulling out the like the arn anderson brain buster the um tully slingshot uh ddt and it's all this stuff before these guys get to aew to work with these two legends
1: yeah yeah It's, it's so cool man okay uh
0: you can go listen to the Wrestling All Star archive for free on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher. Tune in, um, or using the RSS feed found in your show notes below, including your podcast of choice, including Apple. Nothing left to say, but good day, and we'll speak to you next time. GNA cross the line. Cross
1: the line.
0: My favourite <laughs> memory of Joker Sting is when he's in the office and Bischoff's there and he opens <laughs> the cage and the crow the just lands bird. on Bischoff's laptop. Oh, and he's just man. like,
1: what the fuck's going on? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, dude, dude, <laughs> it's so fucking great. Um, I miss Joker Sting. How does this company still survive? It's 20 years. ECW barely lasted
0: 10. WCW is WCW barely lasted 10. What the yeah. fuck,
1: TNA? Yeah, yeah. How is Impact still a thing? It's just... like te- You can barely even say Ring of Honor is still a thing. <laughs> impact out with mid- Ring of Honor? What the fuck? <laughs> Like, yeah, what the fuck, man? <laughs> uh, it's my world, my world now, new, 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 new. Oh, yeah. Best TNA memory of Jeff Jarrett. Double J, double MA. Oh, double J, double MA is great. There's that <laughs> one episode in like early, like first year TNA where. He's cutting a promo on a midget and a midget pulls a gun on him. Yeah, that's uh, apparently cut <laughs> from the uh, archives,
0: but it still found its way on a... Uh,
1: yeah, uh, you can like, still Doctor find Mania it. And stuff. Yeah. yeah, I think it's... Um... God, oh, isn't it a Puppet? Puppet, that's it. Puppet the Psycho Dwarf. Yeah.
0: How do I remember this stuff of 10? Yeah, I can't also... remember what I had for breakfast two days ago.
1: And, you know, Goldilocks, who showed up on the pay-per-view this weekend, there was an infamous segment of Goldilocks backstage in first year TNA, and she walks past a trash can and Puppet the Psycho Dwarf's jacking off in a trash can. Where was
0: Puppet's cameo in all this?
1: Oh, man, I would (laughs) have loved... I I still want to see Puppet versus Swoggle. It needs to happen.
0: GCW.
1: Yeah, Puppet versus Swoggle. Maybe throw another little person wrestler in there. What's Adam Cole up to?